Welcome to the One Degree Shift Podcast, where we learn the little changes that future-proof some of our favorite companies and teams. Here's your host, Eric Termundi. Austin Belkak, founder of Cultivated Culture. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Eric, I'm doing so well, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super grateful to be here and I am, I'm excited for the topic and to get through all the stuff you and I have been through together about the one degree shifts over the last couple of years. Well, and, and that's just it. I thought, you know, when I was looking through my network, uh, I came across your name and it was obvious that we had to have this conversation from your evolution from Microsoft to now being a founder. You know what? Let, let's not take it from me. From you, can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got to where you are today, and and what's most important to you right now? Definitely. So, in a nutshell, I run this site called Cultivated Culture, which basically aims to teach people how to job search effectively. The modern hiring process in today's market is very different than it was even just a couple of years ago, let alone a couple of decades ago. But we're still taking advice from a couple of decades ago, which is outdated and just simply doesn't work anymore. So, I teach people a job search strategy that's really centered in building relationships and adding value in unconventional but but highly relevant ways. And so I got into this because I sort of struggled through the job process myself. I I graduated from college with a bad GPA. I took a job in healthcare that paid me far below my means that I needed for the quality of life that I wanted. And the job was just not for me. My, My boss was not a nice person. I wasn't really interested in it. It was in healthcare. And so I wanted to switch into tech. And my goal was to, to get to one of these big companies, you know, Microsoft or Google and all that. And I went through this couple of year journey of sort of tearing apart the hiring process and throwing out conventional knowledge and, and figuring out a system that I could use to uh, honestly pick and choose where I wanted to land interviews. And that culminated in my getting offers from Google and Microsoft and, and Twitter. And uh, I ended up accepting at Microsoft. I've been there for about four years now, but I realized through that job search process, that there's a big need for help. There's a lot of resources out there for companies and companies kind of hold the reins when it comes to choosing who gets in the door and who doesn't. You can feel sort of helpless when you're going through it. So my goal is to give job seekers some control back over the job search process and, and teach them how to do it effectively and get better results. And so that really, that I started that about six months after I, I started my job at Microsoft. And I've kind of been doing the two side by side ever since. And in terms of what I'm excited about now, honestly, I'm very fortunate to have had my business, um, you know, really, really do well over the last couple of years. And it's generating some capital. And now I can invest it back into the business. And a big need that I see for job seekers is that, you know, there are not that many free resources available. There's tools out there for marketers and salespeople and you know, all these other disciplines, but there aren't that many free tools around for job seekers that, that actually work. So that's something that I'm heavily investing in. And then outside of that, honestly, just, just trying to keep spreading the message. So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. And I appreciate you asking. You know, I've admired your journey along the way. I know thousands literally of others have too. Something that stuck out, stuck out when you were telling me about your system or your formula on, on how to get this next job, wherever it may be, whether it be the big tech companies or, or anywhere in between, is building relationships in that job search process. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you do that? So I think a lot of people know that you need to network, right? That's, that's kind of a word that we hear a lot. But 
not that many people know how to do it. And, and there isn't really a lot of information around how to do it out there, you know, and it's kind of a gross word, if you will, it has some bad connotations associated with it, because you kind of think of going to meetups and mixers and all this stuff and shaking hands and handing out business cards and asking 40 people, you know, Oh, well, what do you do? And having the same boring small talk conversations. And that's really not what I'm about. You know, I'm, I'm much more quality over quantity. And, and what I teach people to do is go out there and find somebody who might be their manager or might be their peer sitting next to them on the team that they would be working for if they got hired. And I have them do a bunch of research on that person, on the company, really understanding where things are at. You know, what what is uh, what are the team's goals? What challenges are they facing? What initiatives are they driving over the next six to 12 months? And then I plug into that. You know, a lot of people reach out with a, a me mentality, whether they, they mean to or not. And it's a lot of, hey, I saw you have an opening and I think I'd be a good fit. Or, you know, would you review my resume or would you pass along my resume? Uh, or even, hey, can I ask you a few questions about the company and, and, and your role? And a lot of that is pretty transparent. So when we think about it from the other person's standpoint, you know, if, if you were the one receiving the email, what would you want to receive? And so I, I really teach people how to think about it from the other person's perspective and dial into the things that the other person cares about and position their outreach to be focused on that. And we work to get people on the phone and, and talk about them, make the outreach about them and learn about them in the call and then slowly pivot over to uh, the things that we want. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways people describe this. I know people quote Gary Vee with the jab, 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 right hook, or mm -hmm. like I call it like a give, 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 ask formula, but basically adding value, making the other person feel good to the level of like a three to one ratio before you ask something. So you do something three times before you ask for something. And that tends to right. work really well. And you only need to dial into a couple of people. You really need to focus on one, two, three people in that scenario instead of spraying and praying at a networking event or a mixer or, or whatever it is. So that's really the, the crux of the strategy. So tell, tell me a little bit about your process in discovering what worked because the whole premise behind a one degree shift is, is around course correcting, micro pivots, little learning and discoveries that ultimately allow us to uncover what kind of process or system might work for us. It's, it's not about habit development necessarily, it's about practice development. And so what was this process for you in determining what system worked or is it continually iterative and, and are you still learning from it? It's definitely continue, continually iterative and I'm definitely still learning. But what I'd say is that I struggled with this and I see a lot of people struggle with it as well, where we feel like we need to have every single step mapped out from here to whatever our destination is before we, we start along that journey. And the problem with that is, you know, if, if you go listen to any podcast with any successful person, founder, coach, whatever it is, I think they'll tell you that they had some hiccups and pivots and and left turns in their in their process or their, their path to success. And we listen to those podcasts and, and we're like, oh yeah, it's a great story. But for some reason, we, we, we overlook the fact that they had all these pivots and changes. And when it comes to our own goals, our own success, we, we feel like we need to have this clear cut path from beginning to end. And so we, that prevents us from getting started. People want things to be lined up perfectly before they start taking action for fear of failure, for fear of making the wrong decision and wasting time. And, and I totally understand because that's sort of our brain mitigating risk and, and doing what it does best. But when, if we want to be successful, the best thing that we can do is just get out there and, and start experimenting. And so that, that's really the approach that I take 
for me, I, I, my, my wife uh, kind of gets upset with me sometimes because I'm much more, she, she likes to think through everything first before we take a step. And I'm much more of like, well, well let's just get started. And if something breaks, you know, we'll fix it and we'll move on to the next thing. And, right, right. you know, not saying one is better than the, than the other at all, but, uh, and, and it's a great compliment, but we like the, the approach that I take has allowed me to uh, rapid fire test and experiment a whole bunch of different strategies. And then I, I course correct based off of what's working and what's not. So, I mean, to give you an example, when, when I, uh, and we were, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. So every day I, I have a journal and I, I write down basically five things that I would hope to achieve or desire to achieve, but I write them down as if they've already happened. So I'll say, you know, cultivated culture has a million and a half site visitors coming from SEO and, and free tools, or, you know, cultivated culture is making X thousands of dollars a month um, as if it's, it's already happened, but I'm mm -hmm. pretty flexible. I have a couple of core things in there, but I'm pretty flexible with some of, some of the tail end, uh, maybe like the three to five things that I write down because those change. And so when I started my business, Business, you know, I was doing all this research and I was reading, you know, partner webinars are the way to go. And, you know, all these businesses had had success and Facebook ads were the way to go. And so I started reaching out and I started trying to do all these partner webinars and I was burning a ton of time. I was getting on the phone, I was getting on webcasts, I was doing all this stuff and I would get like 10 email subscribers from one webinar. And then I tried to do right. paid ads too. And I hired somebody to help me do it because I didn't really understand Facebook ads. And I just burned through a ton of cash. And I realized that those things weren't working for me. And so I pivoted away from them quickly and I moved on to other things. Um, and through that process of, you know, hey, let me test this out for 15 days, 30 days, see what happens. If it works, great. I'll keep it. If it doesn't, I'll scrap it. I ended up mm -hmm. actually getting to the stuff that worked a lot faster. And that's true with my business. That's true with my health. That's true with pretty much any of the decisions I make. So for me, something I've really benefited from is not committing to something long-term, but instead committing to a short stint or a pilot, if you will, reassessing after two weeks, four weeks saying, is this working? And if not, you know, I'm not afraid to scrap it and move on to the next thing because I know that as I cross things off my list, I'm getting closer to the thing that's going to help me the most that I'm really going to be able to buy into. That's going to, that's going to drive me closer to success. Man, I really admire this process. What it sounds like to me is taking agile or sprint methodologies from the corporate world and applying it to yourself on a personal level. And totally. uh, to me, that is as cool as it gets. Now, when you talk about this constantly iterative process, something that comes to mind is a bowling lane. And what I picture when I hear this constantly iterative process where you're changing your angles and you're pivoting and you're shifting is this idea that this process is kind of like bowling with bumpers up. And even if you're not going to run the ball right down the middle of the lane, you'll bump off the bumpers and inevitably knock some pins down. I think the biggest problem when we don't iterate and we don't shift and we don't look at our life like we're doing two-week sprints, then what happens is we can get too far down the lane and get caught in the gutter. And when we get caught in the gutter, it's really hard to get out. And uh, so, so I really admire this process. And, and as a follow-up, I, I want to understand a little bit better around your mindset in this process. You know, I've, I've been doing a lot of research around what is called the conscious thought advantage. And the studies now show that we make 35,000 decisions a day, most of them uh, subconsciously. 
And when we're able to get ourselves out of autopilot and into the driver's seat, which is what you're telling me you're doing, whether it's intentional or not, we can make more intentional decisions more often and ultimately be what I would call the architect of our future. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about how you create space uh, and flexibility mentally to be able to be aware of these opportunities, aware of these priorities and more cognizant and intentional about the decisions that you're making? Definitely. I think the biggest thing for me was really dialing into a couple of priorities and solely focusing on those. So as a business owner, as, you know, as an employee, as a a human being, we all have so much information being thrown at us, especially in, in today's world with, you know, we have our family and our friends and our jobs and that project and whatever's happening in the business. And, and so we have this tendency to get spread thin. And so for, for me, the easiest example I can give with the business is that I, when you, when you start out, uh, everybody tells you all the things you have to be doing, right? You need, like I said before, you need Facebook ads, you need partner webinars, you need content marketing, you need to be on not just social media, but Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and no single human can do all that stuff. And I was trying to do that when I started my business. Um, and it was hard because I ended up only being able to put about 30% of my total effort into any given channel. Um, and therefore, right. I only got about 30% of the rewards. Uh, and so a couple of years ago, I made this conscious decision to just remove everything that wasn't working uh, and focus in on not just the stuff that, that was working, but the stuff that I enjoyed doing. So, you know, we've right. all seen businesses built on and we've seen successful people built on specific habits, specific channels across the board. Somebody, somebody's made a fortune on YouTube videos while somebody else has made a fortune on Twitter and and that's fine. But it's also about doing what you really enjoy and then getting rid of everything else. And when you really, really quadruple down on the stuff that you enjoy doing and the stuff that's working, that's where you see the exponential results, but it also kind of clears the cobwebs. So you're, you're not focused on a million different things. You're only focused on three core things. And then every decision becomes easy. Does this benefit one of my three core things? Yes or no. And if it's a no, you kind of get rid of it. And the same is true for, for the person, your personal life too. You know, I know a lot of people who are doing fitness classes and going out all the time and trying to make new friends and also trying to balance their current relationships and doing all this stuff. And honestly, if you talk to them on a Friday night, they're like, God, I wish I could just stay in tonight. And but you just need to do that. And so whether it's your, whether it's your personal life or whether it's fitness or whether it's business or whatever it is, just try to find like one to three core priorities and make that your sole focus. And then anytime a decision comes up, you can quickly say, you know, is this a hell yes for one of my core priorities or is it a no? And if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And you just get it out of the equation. And that's going to open up so much space for you to recognize these new opportunities, but, but not just new opportunities, but the ones that actually matter, the ones that will actually have an impact. So that's kind of the approach that I take. And, and it's been, it's just been a game changer uh, over the last couple of years. I feel like I have so much more space to think and recognize opportunities and also just enjoy stuff instead of feeling like I'm always behind the eight ball. I'm always scrambling. My brain's always sure. at max capacity. I want to share both with you and, and the listeners something that came up for me while you were sharing this discovery process is, you know, what, what I think we might easily dismiss is the fact that you told us a whole bunch of things that didn't work 
<laughs> and I think we're sharing is the discovery of the three to five priorities might only come after the discovery of seven to 10 things that aren't a priority. Perhaps Instagram's not your platform. Perhaps Twitter's not your platform. Perhaps LinkedIn is your platform. But at times, it might take the discovery that Instagram and Twitter aren't your platform to realize that LinkedIn is. Same with working out on a personal level. You might go to a Zumba class, a yoga class, a swimming class, a soccer, join a soccer team, and then go to a, a, a spin bicycle class and find out that the first four don't work, but that you love being on a spin bike. I think that in the world that we live in today, uh, we're, we're so used to the word failure and setback that we think that realizing that Twitter, Instagram, Zumba, <laughs> Swim, and Stalker are, are failures when I think the shift that we need to make, which is perhaps a one degree shift, perhaps a 180 degree shift, the shift that we need to make is that finding out what doesn't work is a key step in finding out what does. <laughs> and if that can be the takeaway that we have from this episode today from, from Austin, who has been an absolute pioneer of pivots, alliteration, not intentional, <laughs> that finding out what works for us often comes from finding out what doesn't. And unless we continue to iterate and we continue to pivot, I don't think we'll be able to find who we really are and what really works. You know, a line that, that I heard recently is that authenticity isn't created, it's revealed. And when we start to find out the things that don't work, the byproduct of finding out what doesn't work is that we find out what does. And if we can elevate the presence of what doesn't work to be a learning or a discovery objective and not a failure or a setback, then we realize that we're getting that much closer to where we want to go next. Is that safe to say? I love it. And I, I mean, I would say, say it one more time for the people in the back. That's, that's totally true. Um, you, you really can't know what you like, uh, unless you try it first, you know, it's like, like pineapple on pizza or dipping your, your fries in your Wendy's milkshake. Like, you know, nobody would have found those combos unless they, they gave it a shot. And you, you just, right. and will, if you ask me, they should leave those combos right where they're at and not attempt them again. But Hey, I guess this I, is what I'm with you. Here. I'm with you. And I'm, I keep trying to come up with a better example, but those are always the ones that pop in my head. Um, yeah. but you, you really can't under, ever know if you're going to enjoy something or if it's going to work unless you try it. And so rather than viewing things as a failure or a waste of time, you know, view them as one step closer to, to the eventual goal. Because uh, I don't think you could find a single person on planet Earth who has uh, bowled a, a life strike down the middle of the bowling lane with no bumpers hit, you know, pure just right. straight down one one line right to the, the, the middle, just like hitting a strike, you know, knocking yeah, down yeah. all the pins. Nobody's done that. Everybody's bounced around. Everybody has had, you know, ups and downs. And so the fastest way for you to succeed sounds counterintuitive, but is to get out there and, and fail and fail fast and just keep moving forward and, and pocket the lesson. Well, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? It is. I think that you're doing is breaking insanity. I mean, if you're applying to 200 jobs and not changing anything, we're also not learning anything, which then in turn makes us insane. Now, I don't want to look at it quite like that. That's a bit of a dramatic way to present it. But if we're continuing to pivot and learn, I think that's when the discovery happens. Austin, is there, is there anything you can leave us with today or any, any last bits of advice you'd like to share? 
I would say the best piece of advice I, I can share is, is just to go out there and get started. I assume that everybody listening to this has had some idea or some desire that they've been putting off because uh, of, of fear for some reason, maybe fear, that, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear that they're not capable enough to do it. And, you know, it's cliched at this point, but you miss 100% of the the shots you don't take. So, you know, you're ruling yourself out at this point. So the best advice I have is just don't think about the end goal. Don't think about, you know, how the whole path is going to happen, but really just take the first step. You know, if you want that raise, start thinking about, all right, how do I put my case together? Let me go do some research. You know, if you want a new job and, and applying online isn't working, go find somebody and just send one cold email and then tomorrow send a second. You know, if you want to start a business, go try to find some people who would like mock up something, go try to find some people who'd be willing to buy it, see what happens. You know, if, if none of those things work out great you can cross them off the list and you can try something new but the biggest thing is is whatever first step you can take whatever baby step you can take today or tomorrow just take it and then the next day take the next baby step and view it like that instead of having to make this giant leap from where you are to to the end destination if you do that i think you'll be much happier throughout the process and i i think you'll be more successful when you do reach that destination Austin, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you giving us some time for the podcast. You got it, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. For more podcasts, show notes, and to connect with our speaker today, visit erictermundi.com. That's E-R-I-C-T-E-R-M-U-E-N-D-E.com. And click the podcast tab. Thanks for listening.